It has been one crazy, confusing season for Canucks winger Brock Besser. But you know what would make it better? If you reunited him with Elias Pettersson. We're going to tell you why the Canucks should reunite Besser and Petey today on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. And before we get into today's show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks, your team every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day and subscribe. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the dude who's had a rough week, but he's still here, Cal Bowen. How you doing, buddy? Rough week, but I just got a haircut, so life's better, man. I feel as if I went from a six and a half to a seven point three, and that's always it's always great when you improve. For real, for real, for real. Now again, it's not a Kyle Bowen show, it's a Canuck show. It's also a fan first show. We'll get to the comments at the end of the program because we save the best for last. But yeah, let's talk about uh Brock Besson, man. For real, man. Look at Trevor Beggs right here, man. A couple weeks ago where yeah, yeah, we gotta get this guy out of here. Yeah, new start. Do your thing. And now this guy wants to pair him up with the franchise player, EP40. Oh, what's going on, Begsy? Yeah, I think it was our first episode of uh, Locked on Canucks was kind of unpacking all the uh, Penguins and Canucks rumors and why we thought, you know, Besser might be the target and not Miller. And I actually think the headline of that episode on our photo was the Pens want Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, here we are a couple weeks later. And I'm saying the Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. So. I was doing some. I was doing a story today for uh, about Brock Besser on Daily Hive, and I was kind of digging into his numbers under Talkit. You know, it, it has been a atrocious season defensively for Besser, but he's been putting up points. I mean, he's got 18 points in his last 20 games. He's actually at even strength. He has 2.38 points per 60. That is the highest mark of his career, which is honestly kind of dumbfounded me. I was really surprised to see that. So, the point totals have been there, but it, it does feel a bit empty calorie. Like we just haven't seen the best of Brock Besser this season. Wow. You know, and that being said, the main player that he's played with through most of the season is JT Miller. And here's a stat that kind of rocked me as well. While playing with JT Miller, Besser has an expected goals differential of 37.6%. So <laughs> what does that mean, bro? Come on, man. You got to break it down into English for me. Okay. Come on. I'm still seven years late to the fancy stat era of hockey. Okay. Well, what does that mean? So expected goals is really just a measure of, you know, scoring chances on the ice and how many uh, how many chances are being generated while players on the ice versus how many chances are uh, being uh, created by the other team while the players on the ice. So it's one of the reasons why Besser's metrics have been horrible this season. But but yeah, with with Miller on the ice, basically the Canucks have been getting cratered, getting cratered at even strength. It uh, has not been working out at all. Um, so and again, he's spent most of the season with Miller. Recently, under Talkit, he's been most of the time with Miller. And when he's not with Miller, he's been with Sheldon Dries. With Sheldon Dries, his expected goals differential is 33%. So, basically, Besser is not doing much well on the ice when he's playing with Besser and Miller. Actually, this season, the only player who Besser has a positive expected goals differential with is Elias Pettersson. And uh, I've, I've got to say, you know, Besser is one of the highest paid forwards on this team. 
you know, the ex- expectation is that he should be a first on forward. And there was all that talk in the early days about Besser and Pedersen and the future is here. And it seems like the Canucks have lost that. You know, Bester and Pedersen have barely played together. It's been Kuzmeku getting those opportunities. And rightfully so. Rightfully so, man. Rightfully so. And I think that's the, uh, again, I'm sure players can move around and maybe you can have both those players play alongside Elias Pedersen. But I truly do believe that Kuzmenko is just always going to be that guy now for Pedersen. And it, it, I want to say it's because of Kuzmenko's smarts, but, you know, you just brought up a whole bunch of Brock Bester stats and him actually putting those physical points on the table outside of, you know, not doing the best when it comes to the data. It just goes to show how, ironically, he's so smart at the game. You know, he can, when he, even when it seems a little empty, he's able to be put into positions and put himself into positions where, again, he's going to put points in or get, or be on the ice for goals for, and, you know, there's a good chance that he touched the puck before it went in. He just, that type of guy. And he's always, always been that type of guy. He reads the game super well but again Kuzmenko's just in the way right now and I don't really see this ever being a thing again Besser and Pedersen but here's I the really thing don't. Kuzmenko Kuzmenko's a left winger and Besser's a right winger and what was Besser's biggest calling card during his first financial seasons was his shot and if you put him with Pedersen and Kuzmenko you're gonna put him with two really good puck distributors but come like, on to me, man. it just makes a ton of sense come like, on bro Andy you know Bovillia you know with- there you go that's the guy bro you know Pedersen and Kuzmenko are better when they have a guy like that playing with them. I'm not saying it's always going to be Beauvillier, but I I want to see this moving forward where that third guy on that line is that hustler who's also got a skill set that can generate chances when he's on the ice. And Beauvillier, I'm not saying he's like Zach Hyman-esque, but he kind of fits that mold when he's alongside star, star talent. And he's been playing well, and I really, really mess with that. And I don't want to see that change at all. I mean, I think this is the time for experimentation. I, I completely disagree with that. You know, Anthony Bovillier comes in, and sure, he might fit the mold of what you want beside Pedersen, but, you know, this is meaningless hockey right now. Who cares if the Canucks win or lose games? I mean, I just want to see Bester back with Pedersen. They obviously had insanely good chemistry early on in their NHL careers, and I'd just be really curious to see what Besser does on a, on a stretch of games with Kuzmenko and, and Pedersen. So I think that's the best way to utilize Besser, um, I'd be curious to see him get that opportunity, and and I think he deserves it. I mean, again, there's enough of a track record between Besser and Pedersen that you know this should be a successful duo at the NHL level and a first line cal- caliber duo. Yeah. I remember writing an article for Nuxmas Conic, and I think it was like 2019, and it was talking about the best center winger duos in the NHL, and I had Pedersen and Besser on that list. So it's crazy how times have changed, man. But I, I kind of tell you maybe a lot of that I want to see going forward maybe over the next few games, but I want to see Besser on that first line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. I want to see Pod Colson play with JT Miller. I think Pod Colson has been playing really well. Um, the last few games hasn't been getting much of an opportunity, but how about a line of JT Miller, Pod Colson, and Anthony Beauvillier? Just kind of like a grind, forechecking line with so obviously some talent as well. Yeah, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Do you, Trevor, do you think that there's a little bit of pressure from coming from the top to make more use out of Anthony Beauvillier since the Canucks did trade that first-round pick, that asset that they got from Horvat, And, you know, there's still a chance that Ratu does not turn into an NHLer, whereas you still have this guy named Beauvillier who's, you know, still relatively, like, young. He's not, like, super young, but he's in the middle there, and he's talented, and he's doing things. And I wonder if the Canucks view him as more of just a throw-in, you know? 
just to throw in to make the numbers work, if they actually view him as a core piece of this team. And, again, is there pressure to keep him on the line with Pedersen? I feel as if he has an easier contract to move to if they want to go down the trade route. So stat that pad that guy stats up. But I wonder if that's happening. And, again, I'll say it for the fifth or sixth time. I want to continue to see Bovillia on that line because there's something about his hustle that it just it – just, I think it matches Pedersen's work ethic, and it allows Kuzmenko to be – Kuzmenko more often, and I just love the mix. I love the mix. Maybe it's because back in the day when I played ball hockey, I was that guy. I was that guy. Dude, trust me, man. I put up numbers, man, playing with the best players on the team because, I, dude, I was probably like the seventh or eighth most talented person on the team, but I just fit that role to play with the, the two other guys and, and make it work, and sometimes you need that guy, okay? I'm, I'm a Beauvillier fan, all right? Yeah, maybe let us know in the comments who you want to see play with Pedersen to Kuzmenko. Would it be Besser? Would it be Beauvillier? Or are you thinking maybe someone else in the roster? Mm-hmm. I will say the Canucks are prioritizing, you know, getting Beauvillier a bigger opportunity because of the trade and because of what they gave up. I think that's dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anything, it would do them better to have Brock Besser playing in a prime role and rehabilitate his value. Maybe at that point you could at least trade him because right now he's got pretty much negative trade value based mm-hmm. on my contract. So to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's one of those things, man. I think I think Pedersen's playing at a level, and he's going to continue to improve. Or you could put anyone, you could anyone can be the third guy, especially if Kuzmenko's the other guy, and that line will work to some degree because he's just that great at playing yeah. playing hockey. He's such a he's such a driver, such a driver. And Pedersen, man, just Pedersen's definitely going to be one of those guys who's going to get a lot of guys paid for real, for real. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, it's just again, it's that it's just time for Bester and Pedersen to reunite. It's been a long time. He's barely played with Pedersen this season. Things have not been working well with JT Miller. I know Bester set up JT Miller for a goal in, in garbage time against the Stars the other night, but I think it's time to shake things up and see what Bester can do with Elias Pedersen. And uh, Kyle, uh, in segment two today, we're going to talk about a couple other things that do, well, one thing that doesn't make sense, which is the Coyotes, well, the Coyotes' existence in general, but mainly they're oh. them playing at a five thousand seat arena. At Mullet Arena. So in, a se- in segment two, I want to go through 13 arenas in British Columbia that have more capacity than Mullet Arena. But before we do that, we need to tell you that the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's Ooh. bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Hey Trevor, Just Trevor, Trevor. Him. What what would you do with a thousand bucks right now? What would you do? What's the first thing you would do with a thousand bucks? Because my I my would... answer is gonna be my answer is gonna be boring, dude. A, a I work in finance, so I'd say invest. But honestly, yeah. man, me, me and Hannah are trying to buy a second car. Okay, we're okay. trying to buy a second car. Okay, Family's cool. growing, so it would it would be towards a new car. Mine would be um, towards some credit card bills, and then I would use the the rest for groceries. Dude, the other day it was ten dollars for a pack of bell peppers, man. Eleven bucks for three bell peppers. Yeah, that's that's. that's I need to win some money. I need to win some money off of FanDuel. If you're listening to this, sign up for FanDuel, okay? Just make an account, and I'm sending you blessings. You're going to win your next bet. Continue, Trevor. (laughs) Yeah, on FanDuel, you can bet on everything in terms of the NBA, from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Kyle, I don't know if you heard about uh, Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went on a a podcast recently and was kind of hinting about how he doesn't like the way the NBA is going, and now people are thinking if he's going to retire or not. Like, my Portland Trailblazers are already in a pretty sad position as it is. Um, and it would only be sadder if uh, Damian Lillard retired. So, 
I'm not sure if there's props on FanDuel where you can bet on Damian Lillard retiring, but the only way to find out is to go on FanDuel and check. Yes, yes. And, hey, if, if you're on FanDuel, you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Win something with FanDuel. For real, for real, for real. I'm excited for your future. Again, if you're betting on sports, something good is coming your way. Just do so responsibly. Do so responsibly. And uh, speaking of responsibility, it's just not responsible to have the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. It doesn't make sense. Hasn't made sense for a long time. Be careful here, buddy. Be careful what? here, all right? Careful, you're going what? you're going after an NHL franchise. They got, you know, 3,400 fans probably, and they're going to come after you, man, for real. They're going to come after you. Be careful. You got a family now. You know, you're needed. You're needed. I'm telling you, Arizona Coyotes fans, come at me, man. Come at me. Don't okay. come back to my family. That's that's a little low, but come hey, at man. me, man. Come hey, at man. me. Um, so I kind of just started thinking about this. Tonight, just think the Canucks and the Coyotes are playing. It's the first time the Canucks will be playing in the 5,000-seat mullet arena. So I just was kind of thinking in my head, you know, how many arenas in Vancouver have a bigger <laughs> capacity than Mullet Arena? And according to ourlist.io, there's 13 of them. So let me let me list them off. So first is obviously Rogers Arena. Second is the Pacific Coliseum, which is the former home of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the third is the Savon Food Center, home of the Victoria Royals, 9,000 seats. Number four, Abbotsford Center, 8,500 seats home of your Abbotsford Canucks. Number five, Prospera Place in Kelowna, 8,000 seats, home of the Kelowna Rockets. Number six, Prince George, man. There's like 10,000 people live in Prince George, and they have a 7,000-seat arena, the CN Center. Um, Number seven is the Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Arena at good old UBC in Vancouver. Number eight, the South Okanagan Events Center in Penticton. Number nine, the Sandman Center in Kamloops. Number 10, the Chilliwack Coliseum. Like the, the Fraser Valley itself has multiple arenas with bigger capacity than Mold Arena. I'm telling you, man, this this freaking NHL, man. What a joke. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> boom, boom. All right. Three more to go. Three more to go. Uh, Cranbrook with the Western Financial Place has, with 6,000 people, has more capacity than Mold Arena. Cal Tire Place in Vernon <laughs> has 5,600 5, uh, capacity. And finally, the Langley Event Center, home of the Vancouver Giants, has 5,276 seats. And that is all 13 arenas in British Columbia that have more capacity than frickin' Mullet Arena. Yeah. It's Gary a- Bettman, man. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Gary Bettman. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Gary Bettman loves the Coyotes. Like, has the uh, the biggest passion. It's It's... It's just that. It feels like it's just a passion project for him, for real, to make this thing work. And I'm sure there's complex issues that kind of get in the way of, you know, more happening for Arizona. But at the end of the day, it has gotten to this point. You know what I'm saying? And prior to this, there were so many instances where they almost left. So it's been bad for a very, very long time. It's not a good look. For the NHL. That being said, I'm not going to front, bro. I'm not going to front. Would I like to visit and watch an NHL game in that small arena? It would feel it would feel off, but I think there's a good chance 
it could be kind of intimate and it would work out to be somewhat of an experience. Like imagine this, right? We're in the area of Scottsdale, let's say down the road, they're still there and uh, whatever. It's, uh, it's my 31st birthday party, 30th birthday party. Uh, let's go, let's go to Arizona, boom, bam. I guess that wouldn't be the case for me because the my birthday's in May and Arizona would have to be in the playoffs. Uh, let's let's take it back, okay? Sometime in February, you and I going to Arizona, we're partying it up, being responsible, doing our thing, getting a little messed up, and then we just have a night out at Mullet Arena. You don't think that would be fun? You don't oh, think that be, would be fun? Be great. It would be I mean, crazy. It would be just, la- just, it'd, it'd be different. Just because we'd have fun there, though, Kyle, doesn't mean it should be there. You know what oh, I mean? Of course, like, of course. I, think it's a sad I, look. I, I would love to go see a game there with you. That would be, be awesome. But it, this shouldn't be happening. It's a freaking joke. It's the NHL. It's the NHL, man. It's it's the NHL, and okay, this is the better question, Trevor. This is this is the best question that's ever been asked on this program because it would it would generate so much emotion. What would you do if Arizona won a Stanley Cup before your Vancouver Canucks? Just just go ahead and swear if you want, bro. I'll bleep it out. What would you do? <laughs> Uh, I think I would crawl in a hole and <laughs> just hang out there for a couple of days. Dude, I'd stop watching hockey altogether. I was thinking of saying that, but it's yeah. probably not true. I'd probably still keep watching hockey. Dude, I'd be so, so, so sad. Again, could you just imagine? They're still playing in Mullet Arena. It's game six, 2025. Connor Bedard, his second year in the league. He wins a Stanley Cup, and he's just raising that thing in front of 4,700. It's not even sold out. It's not even sold out at Mullet Arena, okay? And he's doing that. It, oh, my God, bro. That would be the most gross thing ever, especially if Connor Bedard was the reason why there's a cup ceremony in, in the middle of Mullet Arena. Oh, my. Dude, oh, my goodness gracious. This is too sad to think about, man. Oh, you know, let's, let's, get, let's get to the next oh segment, man. Oh, my like, God, Let's get dude. to people trashing me. I, I heard there's some some comments uh, where people weren't happy with me, so I, I'd rather talk about oh people trashing God, me. Oh, my God, bro. This, this if ridiculous. that ever happened, bro, I don't... Dude, honestly, bro, I would, I would stop podcasting. I'd stop trying to make a career in the world of entertainment. I'd, you know, work hard in the oil fields. I'd save up all my money. I'd go to you for some financial advice. I'd just grow my money, and in 30 years, I will go to Francesco Aquilini. I will buy the team $3 billion over his asking price, and I'll do something. I'll be, on, I'll be on a mission. I'll be on a mission. I'll be on a mission because that would be, again— the most devastating thing to my fandom of sports, if the Arizona Coyotes won a Stanley Cup courtesy of Connor Bedard, and they were celebrating in the middle of a... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm done with the segment, Oh, my God. Okay, let's this get out of here. All right, cool. All right, all right. All right cool. Comment corner coming up next. Okay, okay, you're back on Locked on Canucks. I'm loving life. The sun is shining. Got a haircut. Trevor Bags with me. And, uh, again, we're, we're nowhere without the fans, for real. We're nowhere without the comments. Uh, less comments over the last couple of episodes. But, hey, it is what it is. We got a couple more subscribers. And if you're watching this and you're one of those new subscribers, I love you. I don't know about Trevor, but I love you. Kyle Bowen does love you. And Trevor. I also love you. Trevor, I also love you. Yeah, yeah. Trevor, uh, you, you're getting it. You know, for episodes and episodes and episodes, I was the reason why fans were leaving the show because of my voice. My voice, right? But right now, your opinions, your opinions are are losing people. Yesterday, you right. said you'd rather have Miro Heiskanen over Quinn Hughes. And this dude, Cash McGregor, said Quinn Hughes all day. He's on a 27th place team, and he's the fastest defenseman to 300 assists in league history. Trevor, can you read that part again? Fastest defenseman to yeah, exactly. he meant 200. Faster, he meant 200, but that's okay. Faster than Orr, Zubov, Coffee, and uh, all the winning teams. Oh, he, he got the stat wrong? Yeah. Yeah, it's, he, yeah. He was the fastest defenseman at yeah, 200. 200. Okay. So that's okay. That's okay. 
And hey, he, man, that's he, why he called you a chump. Yo, he he a, said he said shame on you, but I think he meant meant to say you, you're a goof. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm glad we had that conversation yesterday because I thought it was an interesting debate to Dude. have. You know, Hughes or Heiskin in. I stand with by what I said. I'd probably still have, rather have Mira Heiskin on my team, but okay. You know what? I'm gonna reread this. Okay, fastest defenseman to 200 assists in league history over Bobby Orr. That's I'm st- I'm not even gonna give the rest of the names. Bobby Orr, are you serious? Are you serious? And you're picking someone else. That's something else, man. That is that is embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself. This city needs a jolt. It needs more positivity when it comes to the hockey team. And here's Quinn Hughes breaking records. Breaking records, doing things that no other Canucks defenseman has ever done. Hey, doing things that no other NHL defenseman has ever done. And here you are picking another guy who plays for the Dallas Stars over Quinn Hughes. That is incredible, man. Incredible. It's It, it, it makes sense because, again, we're talking about Trevor Beggs giving this statement, right? Ugh. Part-time, part-time uh, journalist for the Vancouver Canucks. <clears throat> full-time, full-time goof, maybe. I don't know. I didn't say it. Cash McGregor said it, okay? For real. Oh, we, we love you, Cash. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to Locked On Canucks. Yo, Bobby Orr, man, I'm just looking at his stats right now. It was really his fourth season in the league where he, like, really broke out offensively. So 41 points in 61 games in year one, 31 and 46 in year two, 64 points in 67 games in year three. And then in his fourth season in the NHL, this mofo had 33 goals and 87 assists and 120 points. Yeah. And it was the first of six straight seasons where he had over 100 points. Like, yeah, just an unreal career by Bobby Orr. So, yeah, you probably think, I, I think you probably think be, you probably think John Michael. Probably, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, it's I'm probably at you. safe to say that he didn't quite light the NHL on fire, maybe as quickly as Hughes did. But, like, man, once Orr hit his peak, holy heck, there was no stopping this guy. Unbelievable. I used to have a, I used to have a math teacher. Shout out to Mr. McNichol. MC Nickel was his name, and he was, uh, he was in love with Bobby Orr. And, you know, you said all those stats about Bobby Orr, and I would not be surprised if you believe John Michael Lyles was a better defenseman than Bobby Orr. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, uh, maybe Ian White, not John Michael Lyles, though. He's not quite as good as Ian White. Yeah, you know, Ian White's a big part of Canucks history because he was a part of that beautiful goal from Henrik and Daniel during that game against mm-hmm. Calgary all those years ago. Yeah. A goal that does, it's a damn shame. I'm glad we're ending on this note, today's episode, because it's a damn shame that that goal that Henrik and Daniel scored against Calgary way back when, I think it was 2010, it's a damn shame that that highlight is not shown more. You got you know, the between the leg goal. You know what I'm saying? That goal, 100. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's, that's an amazing goal, and and it was a big goal too, right? It was what? Oh my god, which twin won here at Ross? I think it was Henrik, Henrik. here at Ross because of that, right? Yeah, I think he got to like 112 points that. Yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. Game. And just get 112 yeah, points in that era. Not bad, not bad for yeah. real, man, for real. Speaking of which, I will say maybe to end the show that Pedersen does have an outside chance of hitting that. I wrote about this maybe a week or two ago. And when I wrote about it, he was on pace for 107 points. So not quite there, but someone to watch for over the last 16 games. I mean, Pedersen, uh, prior to the game against Dallas, had 28 points in 19 games. So watch out. Watch out, Henrik. Maybe Pedersen will get it this year. We'll see. Yeah, maybe he will. Maybe he will. And I think he has a better chance to do that if Beauvillier is on his line over. No, Brock no, no. Put Besser. Brock Besser on his line, and this guy's hitting 115 points. That's a lock. That's a lock here on Locked On Canucks. And we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks, your team every day. 
Now make your second listen game to game. Locked on NHL. Every moment, every performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across Locked on NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NHL. Available on the Odyssey app and YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. And we thank you and appreciate you for listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.